as a family of God. Hallelujah. This December is my favorite month, and I know uh, it's the same for all of you. And uh, many of our church members, as Pastor Jeffrey has mentioned, has gone outstation overseas. But at the same time, we also welcome a lot of people from other states coming to the capital city. And we want to welcome you uh, even this morning as you join us in this service. Father, I want to commit this time to you that even as we seek to close the year well, speak to us so that we know what to do, so that, Lord, even as we end this year faithfully, we will start next year well. So help me, Lord, even as I communicate your message to your people at this season and time of our nation and our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray, and all God's people say, Amen. How do we end the year well? Um, it's important for us to end well so that we also start well. Two perspectives. One is a national perspective, and I want to address this in the light of what is happening in our nation, so that collectively as Malaysians, more so as the body of Christ, we end the year well and wish well for our beloved country. But I also want to zero in on us personally so that we take home, even this morning, something from God so that we still have time, another month, to close the year well. I don't know what it has been for you this year. It has been good for some. It may not be so good for others. But whatever it is, thank God you are found this morning at the house of God. Do you agree? Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Amen. Thank God you are here this morning worshipping the Lord. Amen. So that itself is something worth thanking God for. But let me begin with the national perspective. Let me begin by saying this. No matter what you think of our country, we are a very blessed country. I don't know about you, all of us travel a lot. Malaysians are very good seasoned travellers. But wherever we go, after a while, uh, you long for home or not? Do you think so? For me, I do. Uh, all the fried kway teow, you know, laksa and nasi lemang and so on. Nothing better than rush back and go to the hawker stall and eat uh, fried kway teow, you know what I mean? Don't care how good the steak is and so on and so forth, you know, no, the sausages, no, it's not. It, it is the fried kway teow and the, and the laksa, you know, that kind of thing. Why? Because we love our country. We are very, very blessed. And so don't complain about country, yeah? because Malaysia is, to me and to all of us, the best country in the world. Come on. If you agree, say amen. Come on, let's give God some offering. We are all Malaysians. We are proud to be Malaysians. Let me show you how blessed we are. You know, this is a... Uh, a diagram which I came across in the Facebook. And it is not by coincidence that as we chart the, all the typhoons and hurricanes in the last 25 years and all the earthquakes in the last 25 years, don't you think you see something very special? And this is a bit more. Uh, well, there are some few earthquakes in Malaysia. The last one is 2015 when the earthquake struck Ranau and uh, eight people died. But short of that, don't you think we are blessed? 
Yeah. We are so blessed that we are free from natural disasters. So I want to believe that we are blessed on two things. How are we blessed? First of all, we are blessed geopolitically. And we are also blessed spiritually. Let me elaborate. We are blessed geopolitically. You know, Malaysia is known worldwide as a moderate Muslim country. Not only are we known to be moderate, but we are progressive. Yeah, we may not be as progressive as Singapore, but who cares? We are not a third world country. You know, we are progressive. No, I, I was in the MRT yesterday go going down for the AGM to, uh, 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 of the SIB Semenanjung. And I was so thankful to God as I sat in the MRT, so clean, so nice. And I really thank God, you know, really thank God that Malaysia finally has got an MRT, you know. I'm so proud. We are developed, we are progressive, we are well respected. You know the Malaysian passport, I think it's the third or fifth most respected passport in the world. Everywhere you can go. And Malaysians, Malaysians are well respected, you know that? From shoes to airlines, you know? We, we are well respected. We, 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 we have good caliber Malaysians, don't you think so? Yeah, Malaysians are good workers. And it's it just that we export more than we import, you know? But Malaysians are well respected. We are fighters. We are winners. And, and, and not only that, Malaysia is very well located, overriding the, the Straits of Malacca. So, in a sense, we, we are very, very blessed geopolitically besides the absence of natural disasters. But more important is the spiritual blessing. I want to believe that God blessed Malaysia so that we can continue to play our role in the global revival that is coming in the end days. And it's coming very soon. It's coming very soon. And I want to believe that even as we move towards the Back to Jerusalem movement, I sincerely am a very strong supporter of that, that as we begin to see whatever is happening in the Middle East, in Israel, Malaysia, I believe, will play a very significant role in that end-time movement. It is well-known, reported by CBN uh, and so on, that is an ongoing revival now in Indonesia. It has been so for the last few years. It is intensifying. Conservative estimates, 20% of Indonesia are now Christians. 20% of 400 million, or 200 million, of I can't remember now. Even if it's 400 million, is it? 200 million. 200 million. Oh, 300 million, huh? R round it up. Because they keep producing every day, one, ma. So by year end, you'll probably touch 300 million. 20% of 300 million is how many? 60 million, you know. It's more than the whole population of South Korea. In absolute number, revival is ongoing and intensifying in Indonesia today. And um, 
we are not far off. Politically, and here my wife is very looking at me now. Be very careful what you're going to say. Huh? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I submit. You know, on Wednesday, we went to Peace Haven to have a time of prayer. Some of the pastors and the elders and uh, intercessors. And the Lord showed us that Indonesia and Malaysia are twins. The first twin is now birth. Will the second twin be birthed spiritually? It depends on the church. It depends on the church of Jesus Christ in Malaysia whether we push, you know, I was an obstetrician, uh, push, pray until something happens and birth a revival in this nation. That's why East Malaysia is so important. That's why if you have come to this church long enough, you will hear me speaking almost ad nauseum about our concern about the mandate and the, and, the, and, the, and the call and the vision and the mission that God has given to SIBKL to invest in East Malaysia. Why? Because the revival is coming and it's very significant. It's very, very significant. So, I, and that is the reason why if you look at the situation today, why the forces of darkness tries to truncate the prophetic destiny of this nation. We are known to be peace-loving, harmonious, very secure. And yet the forces of darkness wants to destroy that. Why? Because by destroying the peace, harmony, and security in this country, the prophetic destiny of this nation is truncated. But we have to pray against it. It is incumbent upon the church of Jesus Christ now, more so than ever before, after May the 9th, to stand in the gap on behalf of our nation so that peace and harmony will continue to reign in our nation. NECF took this up. Oh, Acts 17, 26, 28. From one man, he made every nation of men this is God making through Abraham every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And God determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. Why? So that men around the world will seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He's not far from each one of us. For in God, in Jesus, we live, move, have our being. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and God determined you and I to live in Malaysia for such a time as this so that we can be part of the global revival. God has determined the boundaries of this nation. God has determined that you are born a Malaysian. So be proud of it and let's play our role. 
and pray that Malaysia will fulfill its prophetic destiny in the end days and nobody, nothing will destroy it, nothing will derail it. But we have to pray. We cannot take it for granted, understand? Because the forces of darkness, if we don't pray, will come and overcome us. That's why NECF has called for a national week of prayer beginning yesterday, 777. Praise God for good national leaders. In the light of what is happening in our nation, the church cannot just stand aside and do nothing. We can pray, stand in a gap, pray, so that when light comes, darkness has to go. So beginning yesterday, every day from now until next week, on the 7th, on the 8th, 7 a.m. or 7 p.m., you decide. You pray for seven minutes for seven days. Not even asking us to fast. Huh? Just pray only. Huh? Either 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. Pray for seven minutes. Bless the nation. Pray for peace. Pray for security. So that all the rallies that are going to be held, there will be no untoward incidents. Let me show you the video that they made. like the quotation. It is this season that the angels appeared. Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord and peace and goodwill to us all men including Malaysia. Can we pray for our country? Now can we all stand? Can I invite you to stand with me and let's commit our nation to the Lord so that no matter what happens this week, the forces of darkness will be pushed away from the boundaries set over across our nation. That when light comes, darkness has to go. That even as we begin to stand in the gap on behalf of our beloved country, we want to pray also for our government. We want to pray for wisdom and courage and boldness to do whatever is necessary. We want to pray for our law enforcement agencies. That they will have the courage to say no and do whatever is necessary so that the people, the Rakyat of Malaysia, will continue to enjoy peace, harmony, and tolerance to live together as one nation. Come on, let's all pray in tongues for a while. Come on. Oh, Ramanda Katarara. Come on, let's pray for our country. Stand in the gap on behalf of our nation. Your matter, your prayer does matter. And you know that even as we stand here, even this morning, we are joining our hearts and our spirit together with the whole body of Christ in the whole nation. 
even as they meet in their various churches, no matter how big, how small, no matter what vernacular language they use, Tamil, Indian, Chinese, Karazan, Iban, come on, let's pray, let's pray in one spirit. Oh, Ramanda Katarara, so that peace, security, harmony will continue to, to, to be to, to in, this na- in this country. Oh, that the forces of darkness will be nullified, neutralized, of no effect. Oh, Ramanda, come on, pray in strong tongues, pray in strong tongues, church. Pray in strong tongues, pray in your spirit. Oh, Ramanda, Oh, Come on, pray, pray in the spirit. Oh, believing that our prayers do matter. Our prayers do matter. Amen. Oh, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Ramanda Come on, come on, come on. The forces of darkness want to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. Oh, Ramanda Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we stand in the gap on behalf of our country right now. We pray, Lord, in these tumultuous days, these days of uncertainty, Father, we pray right now that peace will reign. Because especially this season, Lord, He says peace and goodwill towards all men. Peace and goodwill towards all men. And Jesus, You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Prince of Peace. Oh, hallelujah. And we know, Lord, in Romans chapter 16, verse 20, the God of peace will crush Satan under His feet. The God of peace will crush Satan under His feet, Father Lord. You are Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. And shalom will come upon our country. Shalom will come upon our country. And we love our country, Father Lord. And we pray that peace will reign over our nation. Peace will reign over our nation. Come on, church, you pray this with me. Let's all pray this together, shall we do that? Are you ready? Everyone, pray aloud this prayer that I've written. Are you ready? One, two, three. Lord Jesus, we commit our nation before you right now. We declare that you love Malaysia. Malaysia is a blessed country. We pray that Malaysia will continue to be blessed. We pray that peace, tolerance and harmony will continue to reign over Malaysia. We pray that you will expose and dispel the forces of darkness over this land that seek to kill, steal and destroy. Put to shame those evil elements that seek to gain power through violent means. Destroy them, neutralize them, make them of no effect. We pray for our Prime Minister, Tun Mahathir, that you will continue to give him good health and a strong body. We pray that Tun will be able to lead our country the rule of law
And all God's people say aloud. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Please be seated. Continue to pray, not only now, but also every day. Even as we begin to do that, I want to believe that peace will reign over our nation. Amen? What is the personal perspective? How do we close the year well? Let me share with you something that's very familiar, this passage of scripture. I, I believe I shared it before about two years, two or three years ago when we did the book of Acts. It is taken from Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 38. As I began to seek the Lord as to what to share this morning and what appropriate passage to share this morning as we close the year, the Spirit of God prompted me to come back again to these wonderful words of Paul as he bid farewell to the Ephesian elders. The reason why I thought that this passage is very appropriate, even as we revisit this passage again, is because this was Paul's final words to the elders in the church that he loves. And what better and more appropriate passage than this when we did the whole book of Ephesians in the entire year this year. So let's listen to what was Paul's final words to the Ephesian elders, something that is so dear to him. So because why? Because they are not going to see him again. So final words are very important. So let's read it and let me draw out just a couple of things. Because if you grasp this, not only will we end the year well, believe me, we want to end well, we will also end our life well. It is as significant as that. So let me just read Acts 20, 22 to 38. And now, compelled by the Spirit, Paul says, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit wants me, warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, this is important, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. So this is very important. Whatever he's going to say, he better say it because time is running out. Therefore, I declare to you today that I'm innocent of the blood of all men and I've not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves. Make sure that you are not just encouraging people, doing things, and you don't care for yourself. No, keep watch over yourselves. Very important. Guard your heart. And also keep watch over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which He bought with His own blood. And I, and I was so amazed at this, at this phrase, be concerned 
about the house of God, the church of God, which God bought with his own blood. But wait a minute, isn't Jesus died on the cross? But the blood of Jesus is the blood of God. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, never despised the church. Never, never shamed his church. And I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I have not stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. And now, I commit to you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you by example, by modeling, that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So when Paul has finished speaking these words, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him, kissed him, and what grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again, and then they accompanied him to the ship. How do we close the event? Very simple. I want to make it so simple that you can remember it. All right, keep repeating it, keep reminding each other as you close the cells, as I know the cells are closing now for the year. Just two things you remember, all right? Number one, make sure your conscience is clear and make sure your concerns are right. That's all. Everybody say, make sure my conscience is clear. Everybody say, make sure my concerns are right. Just two things. Make sure, first of all, as you close this year, that your conscience is clear. Paul says, I am innocent of the blood of all men. I have not coveted anyone's sin. In other words, nobody can accuse me. Of course, but this is what, what kind of sin? No, no. To Paul, it matters. To Paul, it's integrity. I don't know what it is that has tainted and dulled your conscience, not only this year, but for all the years that has gone by, and you're still carrying that load. Yo, how, how, how suicide that is, you know? For years you're carrying it. And you're still carrying it. Man, let go. If you have to confess, confess it. And once you have repented and confessed about it, it is done. Look, we have taken communion this morning. Do you not believe that the 
the body of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ is efficacious, is effective. That's why we ask you to examine yourself. So what are the things that tarnish our conscience? Two things. Oops, sorry. Unconfessed sin, unfinished task. Paul alludes to it. Two things that make you feel condemned or guilty, you know, and forever you think that you're not good enough. And it's a devil's trap. And so I ask you today, as we close the year, not only just close the year, la, for the rest of your days on planet Earth, make your conscience clear. Very simple. If you have unconfessed sin, confess it. Repent. Claim 1 John 1 9. Read it with me. Are you okay? Let's all read it with me. And let's believe that God means what He says and says what He means. That's why He died on the cross for you. That's why Jesus Christ, on the night that He was prepared, took bread. That is the reason why 2,000 years later, we are still doing it. Why? Because He means what He says and says what He means. As we take the emblems, we look back on what Jesus Christ has done for us at the cross. By His stripes, you are healed. You are restored back to full health, no matter how bad you think you were. His blood, as we represented by the cup, cleanses your sins. You must confess. Read, it, read this with me, church. Read it loud. 1 John 1, 9. 1, 2, 3. He is faithful and just and will forgive us all our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. I like what Pastor James Kawaja said. Not only will He forgive us all our sins, but He will also cleanse us. You see? He will cleanse us and purify us. He has forgiven your sins, but we must come every day like bathing lah. You base your physical body, right? Why? Because dirt come in, ma. So you base it so that you are cleansed. So not only will He forgive, but He also cleanses from all unrighteousness. Friends, take it at face value. So even as we close this year, I don't know what it is. When I say this, I do not say this, why? Somebody who is so holy, I too have sinned. At one point in my life, I, 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 I sinned. Big time. And because I repented, I came before God. Today, my conscience is clear and there are small things here and there which I do. So very important, keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with God. And I say this, and I, I don't mean to be crude, and I mentioned this illustration, and I, and I say it because it just illustrates the point. You know, uh, 
people like me wake up every morning at 3, 4 a.m. to go and pee. Many of you don't do that, right? But I do. All right. And, and, and it's something that we do at our age. But that is the worst time to go and pee. You know why? Because it's so quiet. So you go and find your way to the toilet, you know, and then you pee, you know, and, and, and one of the, the worst time, if you do not confess all your sins, the devil will accuse you one though. Even as you're doing, the, doing it, you know, the devil will say, oh, stupid man, yeah, you never do, you never, da, 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 da. And, 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 and it's terrible. But when you confess your sin and you know that there is nothing the devil can hold on to you, even though we are imperfect, as you begin to pee, you can piss in peace. <laughs> you know, David sinned. He came back to God. He said, create in me, come read this with me, church. God forgave him. It is, there is a precedence in Scripture. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So why on earth are you carrying that load? You tell me. Laugh again. Laugh again. Serve again. Read this with me. Hear the cry of David when he came to God and God answered his prayer and truly brought it out. Come on, read this with me, church. Read out loud. Are you ready? One, two, three. And it is absolutely a broken and a contrite spirit or heart, God will never despise. Take it. Move on. Take it and move on. Secondly, finish the work that He's given. Because if you have unfinished business with God, it will forever hang over you. Not only unconfessed sin will taint and dull your conscience so that you separate and distance yourself from God. You don't want to do that. You want to draw close to Him. Because God is a good God, you see. He's your Father. Why do you want to distance yourself from your heavenly father? I know it's different from your earthly father. He wants the best for you. You are his son. You are his daughter. Why on earth are you running away from him? So don't do that. Draw close to him because he wants to draw close to you. So keep short accounts with him and finish the work. Jesus says, I must be 
about my father's business. His entire life is about his father's business, doing the work that a father has assigned him to do. So I, can I say this to you? Very, very important. Finish the task that God has given to you. I, I don't know what it is that, that God has asked you to do. Many things have now come in between you and that vow, that promise, that work that He's given to you. I don't know what. There are concerns, legitimate ones in life. Our family, our, our business, our work, they are very legitimate. But nothing is more important than finish the assignment that through your work, through your business, through your talents and your giftings, you serve God. Very important. So that your entire life, you live unto God and for His glory, ma. So there is no dichotomy, dichotomy between your secular life and your spiritual life, your church work and your... No. That's why workplace is so important. Church is outside, not here. We are here to encourage you, reboot you, fire you up so that now you can now do church from Monday to Friday, so that whatever God has put in your hands, whatever influence you have, do it for God, for heaven's sake. The entire life you live with that kind of perspective, it's a different now. It's a higher call, a higher purpose, not mundane, not something that is so routine. It adds a divine added value to your life. Finish the work. There are many bosses here I see. Many CEOs and many owners of, of, of companies. And, and, and do you like your employee to do, give you a job half done? I see many, some, not, not many, hardly any students here, maybe a few. The other services more. You know, when they give the assignment to their teachers, you know what a teacher will do? You give the uh, essay half done, assignment half, project half done. You don't like it, right? I see many housewives here. Do you like uh, your meal to be half cooked? Do you like a cake that is half baked and then serve it to your guests? We never do that, right? Why do you do that to God? Is God less important? If God has given you an assignment, something that you can do that other people cannot do, do it and do it well. You we have said how many times, I am the person that do things well. Hey, how about doing things well for God? You tell me. Is it less important? You know, my Pastor Lichu was just telling me, do you know, darling, you know, as you share this message, you know, when Jesus complimented the people with ten talents, five talents, two talents, well done, good and faithful servant, it was not 
given to and commended to everybody. No! It was only for those who did their job well. What about you? What about you? Will God say to you, well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. Well done. I'm not asking you to go full time. I'm not asking you to forget about your work. No. I'm asking you to overarch over everything that you do. Put a God-centeredness there. Put a God-centeredness in it. Even Jesus, you know, did the same. He says, my food is to do the will of Him who sent me and finish His work. Can you imagine Jesus Christ walking along the Via Della Rosa carrying the cross and halfway decided, yeah, it's, too, it's too difficult for me, let me go stun. Wow. What happens if Jesus did not reach Calvary? Unthinkable, right? No. My food is as serious as my food and my drink is to finish, do the will of Him who sent me. You must believe, my friend, that whatever God has called you to do, how small, how big, wherever God has positioned you, it has to be for a higher call. It has to be. And you are to finish the work. One of my favorite verses, a very odd verse, Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, is this. As Paul completes and pens his final words to the letter to the Colossae church. He singled out Archippus. I don't know why. But it is very telling that it matters who you are. You are not a faceless, numberless digit in a mess of faces. Wherever God has positioned you, whatever God has put in your hands does matter and you must play your role to build up God's kingdom. He says, tell Archippus. He says, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. You still have time. And my prayer for you at the close of this service is that God will give you the time, the energy and the opportunity to redeem lost time. You know how much time we squandered away chasing after meaningless things. And I say this, you know, I, I like what Pastor Stanley prayed for me just now, right? At the, he says, Pastor, God, may you give Pastor Chu the, the unction to pray so that he's strong and yet gentle. Look, I, I'm trying to be as gentle as I can. Thank you for your reminder. Ask God that the remaining days, not the remaining months of the year, the remaining days of your life, 
that He will give you the energy, the strength. Never take it for granted, right? You don't know when you will come, when your, your, your lifespan will close. So while you still have the time, the energy and the strength, serve Him. So what does it mean? What does it mean by serving Him? It means that, let, let me, let, your, your concern must be God-centered. Now, what does it mean? Very simple. I just tabulated it. It's all there in this passage. Paul, as he addressed the Ephesian elders in a final message, in a message that's so important, knowing very well that they will not see him again, so his words are packed with significance. So take it very seriously. He says, number one, make sure your conscience is right because my conscience is correct. I'm innocent of the blood of all men. I've not coveted any man's silver or gold. Whatever I did, I did it with high integrity. Even serving God also must serve integrity. Yeah. But more important than that, he encouraged the efficient elders. He says, I encourage you, my friends, be concerned for the things that matter to God. It is not only eat, live, and be merry, and tomorrow we die. Make your days count for the glory of God. Be concerned for the house of God. Again and again, he tells these people, care for the flock, encourage, build up. He says, be concerned for the flock of God. There are many things that you can do. You, that to encourage the, 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 the body of Christ, right? Not necessarily in this church, but also in other churches. There are things that you can do. Keep building, keep building, keep encouraging, keep supporting. Do that. And stop criticizing. I dislike that intensely. Nobody appointed you to become a critic. especially in Facebook. I dislike it intensely. Nobody asks you to stir up controversy. Why? There are many things to talk good to talk about, right? Encourage. Enable. Build up. There are many things that you can do. I'm very sure of it. Be concerned for the kingdom of God. In your own way, how best can I advance God's kingdom? Always ask this question. How best can I advance God's kingdom? Don't have to trumpet it. No. Just do it. In your own way, advance God's kingdom. Open your house. For example, for hospitality. Pray for somebody in your office who is sick. How difficult is that? You know, do good things. Do good deeds. Be concerned for the gospel of grace. It is the gospel of grace. Grace we have received, grace we shall give. It is more blessed to give than to receive, right or wrong? Yeah, we have been blessed so much. Share, share your testimony. Share how God has blessed you. This is my leader's advance. We just finished. 
I want to say this. I, I, I say this to my leaders. And we have a wonderful, wonderful, the first time we got the calls in, this is the first night. We have a wonderful church. And I want to thank every one of, not only my leaders, people who believe in the vision of this church. We are an imperfect church. But we are a church that loves the Lord, understand? We are here together, pool our talents, etc. together to, to be a blessing to the others, especially the poor and the weak. Next week, we are going to install 100 over new members. Come on, let's give God a clap offering, amen? We're going to install 100 over new members who, be, who, who believe in the vision of the house. And the reason why I show this is because I'm so blessed with a look at the people. They're excited. They're expectant. And they want to move on with God next year. So it's okay, sarah, sarah, like any other year. Look, time is running out. Time is running out globally and for your life. That's why, how do we close a year nationally? How do you close a year personally? Take it to heart. Take it to heart. Clear your conscience. Rectify your concerns. Make sure your concerns are God-centered and not self-centered. If you want to be self-centered, you will be self-centered more and more and more and more until you have no time for God. Why? Because you're self-centered. So God says, go ahead. Huh? You're so concerned about yourself, go ahead. And you'll be so taken up by your own concerns and the devil will make sure you have no time for God. It's what you want. Huh? But believe me, when you open your spirit, open your heart for the house of God, for the people of God, you will have more than enough time for your business and for your family and for your children. I've seen it many times. Many times. I've seen my, our students getting straight A's, going to Oxford, Cambridge, Princeton, right? Princeton. Harvard. And yet they're so active serving God. I've seen people whose businesses thrive because they open their homes, they, they, they do whatever is necessary to build up God's kingdom. They will never shortchange. Maybe they are not as rich as that competitor, but at least they are happy, lad. At least they are joyful, at peace, lad. Listen to me very carefully. God will never, never shortchange you, my friend. You hear me say this a thousand times. If you take care of God's house, you complete it. One more time. If you, if you take care of God's house, yeah. If you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. God is no man's. Let me close. The final thing that's written here is to be care for the poor. Oh, before I forget. Care for the gospel of God's grace. Christmas around the corner. Huh? So, whether it be the Christmas weekend, 
help me, the next slide, or whether it be uh, Christmas Day service, bring your non-Christian friends. I believe that this is a season for salvation. All right? But you say, Pastor, he won't, he won't go one, huh? Hey, you don't know, huh? Open your mouth only, huh? Let me share you a testimony. Two weeks ago, at the early dawn prayer meeting, I met one of our prayer warriors. I've spoken to her several times. I said that by the year end, your unsaved husband will come to know the Lord. Both she and the daughter come to the church, praying very hard for the husband. But I don't know why, just two Saturdays ago, she was there and I turned to her and says, I just sense in my spirit that today will be the salvation of your husband. I said, what? He said, what? Yeah. Can you invite your husband to come to the service tomorrow? Look at me, stun. Ask lah. Ask only ma. Okay, okay. You know something? The husband came for the set Sunday third service and he gave himself to the Lord. God expedited it one month. It's God. You have to believe that all that we need to do is to do whatever we need to do. And it's God who gives the increase, right? It's the same for your life. You do what is you need to do and God will do the other things. Trust Him. Trust Him. Finally, be concerned for the weak. Be concerned for the weak is very important. Be concerned for the weak. That's why we do what we do in Sabah and Sarawak. GG, bless ministry. And there are many things that you can do. The weak is asthenia, which means the sick. The ailing, the ones who cannot help themselves. Look, God has blessed us. So let's be a channel of blessing, amen. As we close the year, let's close the year with God's perspective. And let me close you with this verse. So that whatever, next verse, next slide. Listen, friends. I commit to you, to God. As we close the year, I commit you to God and to the word of His grace that's been preached so faithfully from this pulpit the whole year round. You don't have to play church. You don't have to prove a point. Just be open. Just be transparent before God. Because a broken and a contrite spirit, He will never despise. So I commit you to God and to the word of His grace which can build you up and then give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified, ultimately is still eternal value. This life will close. Not only the year will end, our life will also end. Then what? Live for God, my friend. Live for God. But you say, Pastor, all these people, uh, all these people, the uh, overseers, efficient, are full-time. Uh, I'm not full-time now. Who said 
a lot of these elders are normal working people. You look at Romans chapter 16. All these are common people, housewives, tent makers, director of public works. I say this to you, church. Love God, serve Him, live for Him. Let me close with this picture. It's not to give any guilt. As I, clo- as I began to ask God, how do I close? And this picture came to my mind. That, um, what's the name of that pastor in, in, uh, in Emmanuel Church, um, London? When he came, he showed us this picture. And it stuck in my mind. It's a picture of Sisyphus. Sisyphus was a self-aggrandizer. He, he worried only about himself. And he's a deceiver. He deceived God. He deceived everybody. He is a, why? Because he wants to get more profit. Ma. He wants to, me, 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 me. Everything is me, me. And do you know something? And for the rest of his life, he has to push this boulder up the hill. And the moment he reaches the hill, about to go over to the side, the boulder rolls down. And he keeps pushing the boulder up the hill. And then when he reaches the hill, instead of going over, brrr, he starts all over again, all over again. Toil, labor. Isn't this a story of so many lives? Break it. Break it. Let the boulder roll over. God promised the children of Israel at Gilgal, today I'm going to roll over the reproach of Egypt from your life. Why? Because they renewed their covenant with God. They renewed their covenant with God and God says, today you'll eat of the fruits of the promised land. And God said the same to you. Today, I'm going to remove the reproach of Egypt from your life. But you have to trust me. You have to renew your covenant with me. And that boulder will roll over. Hallelujah. I'm going to open the altar. Let's close our eyes. Or let's all stand. Shall we just stand? Just stand Hallelujah. with our eyes closed. Oh, Ramanda Katarada Shandai. Oh, Ramanda Katarada Shandara Katarada Shikiri Handai. I'm going to open the altar for four categories of people. The first category of people are those to you know that you are stuck somewhere and you need a breakthrough. You need something to break out of your rut. Today, even as we close the year, you want to believe God at His Word. Even as the Word of God is being preached, as you take the Word at face value and you believe in it, I commit you to God and to the Word of His grace. We will build you up. So you take it. Whatever it is in your situation, nothing is impossible with God. So you come before God. God, I want a breakthrough. I want to break out. I want that boulder, that reproach of Egypt be rolled away from my family, from my, from my health, from my children, from my business, from my career. So that there will, will be a breakthrough in advance. Secondly, I want to pray for those of you with unfinished tasks. You know in your heart there are something that you need to do for God. But today, I want to remind you that even as you come before God, 
God will enable you with opportunity, the resources, the energy, the time so that at the end of the day, you finish the work. You, your life is fruitful. I don't know what it is that you promised God. I want you to come forward today. Secondly, unfinished task. Thirdly, those of you who have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, come to my left. This is a season for salvation. Yesterday, we had one salvation, a young adult. Accepted the Lord. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Amen. And fourthly, I want to pray specifically for two categories of people who are sick. Those with gynecological disorders. I'll tell you why. Yesterday, there was this man, they came to me. And I was so surprised. He said, Pastor, you know something? He said, you know, you prayed for my wife a few months ago because she had multiple fibroids from 5cm to, to, to 9cm. That's huge. Multiple fibroids and she was bleeding, bleeding, bleeding non-stop. And the doctor wanted to do a hysterectomy. So we prayed, you prayed. And you know something? So what happened? How was the operation? He said, my wife didn't go for the operation. Because why? Because she trusted God. And now the fibroids are now 3cm, only two left. And I was so encouraged. What? As a gynecologist, I said, are you sure? I also don't believe. Forgive me, Lord. No, 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 I don't believe. You know, it's one of those you pray, you pray, you know what I mean? But for him, my wife didn't go for the operation, he said. It works. It works. So on the strength of that, if you have a gynecological problem, you come up. Believe God. And I also want to pray for those of you with inability to sleep. Because I heard a testimony again yesterday, was it two days ago? Someone who didn't sleep for a whole year, you know. And then he came to God and today he sleeps like a baby. Look, I don't know why. I just sent in my spirit, the prompting of the Lord. Huh? And in the presence of God, it can be healed one, right? So as we sing this song, let's believe God. Let's believe God, alright? Unfinished tasks, breakthroughs. On all those things I mentioned. Come on, let's sing this song. It's altar is open. Believe God. Amen. Believe God and close a year well. Trusting Him. Hallelujah. Jesus.